Etta James, everyone, and welcome back to Love on the Run. James, by the way, and the song is called At Last, a real classic. Uh, it's all about falling in love or having found that special love. And isn't that just so magical when that happens? Do you remember? <laughs> hey, I remember, and I've been married 32 years, uh, so I still remember what that feels like. And um, seeing that it's spring, that spring has officially sprung, well, I think there's no better time than to talk about love, about falling in love, being in love, even looking forward to finding one's true love. And as you probably already know by now, I think love is what I do best. <laughs> um, you probably also know that I work with couples and individuals uh, talking about love all the time. And I offer workshops and relationship counseling sessions, uh, these podcasts, and I even blog and publish articles from time to time. My goodness, I think the underpinnings of everything I do and everything I really stand for always has to do with the topic of love. I kind of like the modern day warrior of love. It's true. I'm always reading, writing, researching, studying, and talking about love. And I guess that's what Let's Talk About Love.ca is all about. It's like a platform to help you learn more about love or what I like to say, to somehow try and reconcile both the mystery and the mastery of love. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about the, um, you know, the newly engaged couples that I work with in my really engaged workshop, and, and especially the ones that I fondly referred to as still wet behind the ears, so to speak. You know, the ones that that the couples that have only known one another several months and are now planning a lifetime of bliss together. Well, first of all, I always find it so much fun to be around these couples. Their energy is amazing. They laugh and they smile a lot and they gaze into each other's eyes. Yeah, for real. And, and yes, sometimes even finish each other's sentences. Oh my, they often tell me that they have finally found the one. And 
it's as if finally after so many years, so many others, and sometimes, you know, they talk about so many mistakes. Well, the right one eventually came along. So in the words of Etta James, right? At last, I finally found the one. Yay! <laughs> but what does the one really mean? And especially in today's world of serial monogamy, you know, where divorce is no longer taboo in our society and, and where couples have several long-term relationships, including marriages. Yes, marriages as in plural. <laughs> is there really such a thing as being the one? Or is it more about the desire to be the one? And, and especially the myth of the happily ever after. Do we live happily ever after? Is there such a thing? Because when you think about it, in our current culture, being the one is really more about one at a time. Seriously, I have a client I'm working with, again, um, yeah, again, because she's on her fourth love of her life. Yeah, fourth love of her life. She has found him four times. Wow. Well, if we factor in the fact that um, on a planet of what, what are we, 7.5 billion people walking this planet, I would think that it's pretty naive to suggest that we couldn't find another significant partner again. It's like that dating site says, plenty of fish, right? But I guess my question for you today is, can we truly ever be or even remain the one and only in each other's eyes? Or is this just a natural feeling or part of the falling in love stage, you know? Uh, or even maybe more about falling in lust, at first, the whole attraction thing is being the one more like transitory or fleeting, as in this too shall pass eventually, or for however long it shall last type of thing. Or can we find, finally find the one at last, but more importantly, make that feeling last? Uh, one of my dearest colleagues uh, by the name of Esther Perel once said, Beginnings are always ripe with possibilities, for they hold the promise of completion. Through love we imagine a new way of being. You see me as I've never seen myself. You airbrush my imperfections, and I like what you see. With you and through you, I will become that which I long to be. I will become whole. Being chosen by the one you chose is one of the glories of falling in love. It generates a feeling of intense personal importance. I matter and you confirm my significance. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it is until someone else comes along to restore my significance, that is. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to stop being cynical. <laughs> but if you ask me personally, I think more importantly, the question here to ask is, how will it last? 
Maybe there are no fundamental answers to questions like, how will we know for sure that it will last? Or if there is such a thing as happily ever after? We really don't know, you know, those are like these, these false sense of security questions that we ask of ourselves, and I think they're the wrong questions to ask. Um, actually, typical thoughts like these can really get in the way of living a life based on love because not only can they create anxiety and doubt, um, they can also misguide couples to believe that a happily uh, created relationship um, just kind of happens to them, you know? I guess what's more important is to try to understand what love truly means, what loving someone entails, and that perhaps more importantly than finding the one and only is becoming the one and only in relationship for each other. It's kind of like knowing that love first begins with you as an individual. Personally, I like to think of love as a verb more than anything else. For me, love is about showing you care. It's about being compassionate. It's even about worrying or feeling responsible for your life with your partner. It's wanting to stay close. It's, it's about uh, wanting to protect and nurturing your partner. It's to have empathy and concern for your partner, to make the effort to show up for them and to understand them too, you know. Um, I think, you know, that's a pretty special thing when we have that. And it's a pretty special feeling when you know it's being reciprocated. That's like the ultimate for me. This really alludes to feeling more and more that we have found the right one with each other, don't you think? Because all of a sudden we feel more of this sense of security for our relationship and, and a sense of safety in love. It seems like finally there's this knowing, a feeling of stability and trust with one another. And I think that's the at last part. I think this is the big part of knowing love. I also think that the need to be the one in each other's eyes stems from the human condition that we all want to love and to be loved too. But I don't think it's ever meant to be effortless and we certainly can't take it for granted ever either. So whenever I find myself working with my eager-to-walk-down-the-aisle couples um, in my workshop called Really Engaged, um, I basically, you know, tell them to continue to cultivate the effort and the energy that they're making for each other right now because it is they who are at the helm of their love. It is they who are steering the relationship, so to speak, um, nobody else or no other power is responsible for that. There's no such thing as this magical fairy uh, who's going to sprinkle stardust over their heads as they walk down the aisle on their magical day or that being the one in each other's eyes, you know, and heart is created outside of them. It's such a special feeling but it also needs to be consciously created 
in order to last. So in conclusion of this podcast, I want to leave you with like three tips to help you stay connected or in love with one another, to help each other feel seen and loved by one another, and to reciprocate and continue being more open and affectionate towards each other. In other words, to help your love last. So number one, see your partner for who he or she really is. You know, we can't really feel loved unless we're being seen, right? And we can't express love unless we're really seeing someone else. Words and all, yes. To love someone, we have to know them, strengths and weaknesses. It therefore becomes important to tune into them, to their feelings, to their needs and desires, and from time to time to especially ask ourselves, what would make them happy? After all, didn't you fall in love with this unique individual who is different from you? Who kind of like inspired you to look at them and marvel in their differences? I think love thrives when two people make a choice to be together to enrich their lives, not to limit them. So stay curious by each other's differences. For example, you can continue to offer support for your loved one's individual aspirations, goals, and dreams by asking them questions about what inspires them, their beliefs, and their philosophies. You know, which, by the way, can be totally separate from your own. But see them as a complementary individual to your partnership. Don't be threatened by this. So see your partner for who he or she really is. Number two, express affection. Listen, the more we express love physically and emotionally, the more we feel it and remember it too. Touch is so important. Hugging and kissing always lengthens love. Sex enhances the energy of love too. Plan for it like you used to when you first began dating. Remember the Friday nights you used to fantasize about, let alone, you know, plan for, right? You knew that about the times that you'd be getting together and it would excite you. Yeah, this is what we call desire. It's a huge part of the affection that we bring in to relationship. And contrary to popular belief, desire is part of using one's imagination. It's not something that just happens, okay? It's often planned and rarely ever spontaneous. So continue to express affection with each other. And number three, let the hope in your heart take you where the head needs to let go. Okay, so let me explain this one. Because of the fact that human beings aren't perfect, we, all of us, can definitely harbor insecurities about each other, about our relationship. So in the end, we, in all of our relationships, can all have doubts about ourselves and each other from time to time. Normal, welcome to relationship. <laughs> We all have this critical inner voice that can put ourselves and our partners down and send us down the wrong path. So be careful with this. I think it actually has a lot to do with wanting to be loved and the fear of losing each other. 
So it's true that at times we can allow our fears to get in the way of love. But when they go unrecognized, these fears can become intrusive thoughts and can kind of like overkill the relationship. So always remember that our intrusive thoughts are usually fear-based and that fear hates anything that feels vulnerable and it can convince us to believe that we're unlovable and weave its way into our relationship, pushing love away, you know? So be careful of this. Recognize it, work on it, bring it into the relationship. I think getting to know this inner critic is a key part of allowing ourselves to fall in love long term, especially if we choose to lead with our hearts. So let the hope in your heart take you where the head needs to let go. In the end, once we have found our love at last, knowing that it takes a little bit more than having chosen one another, knowing that it requires nurturance and being proactive about it can definitely contribute to making it last. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and feel free to stop by letstalkaboutlove.ca. Shoot me an email or check out my blog, my other podcasts too. And you can even become my friend on Facebook where I regularly post great information about love, sex, and relationships. So please be well and catch you here next time, okay? Take good care and bye for now. Last of all, number three, bonnets. <laughs> I don't think you like touch.